Well, welcome to the Empower Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and ultimately empowers you to influence people and transform cities. Enjoy the message. You know, I loved uh, being here at Grandpire on, uh, on Friday night. It was so good. And uh, just, just with Kate and myself, I was like, you know, it's not often I go turn up to youth now and I look like the youngest person in the room. I mean, it was just great. This is fantastic, you know. And uh, I was looking out, it looked like the mysterious life of Benjamin Button. Like it was just all these, these old faces looking back at me, but it was, it was lovely. It was such a good night. And, uh, and, you know, I just want to take this moment to honor Pastor Nick and Johanna, have led Empire so well this year. Everything that you have done, your leadership, the whole team, it's been phenomenal. The schools, everything that's happened this year, it has been an incredible year. And what a great night to celebrate. It was Friday night. So we thank you and honor you so much. So good. Uh, as well as that, we do actually have about nine of our Red Froggers are down on the Gold Coast right now. And, uh, and I wanted to take this moment because they've actually joined probably another, you know, five to 700 Red Froggers on the Gold Coast because there has been thousands upon thousands of school leavers, schoolies that have converged uh, on the Gold Coast. And, uh, and Schoolies Week is a massive week. It's huge. Uh, it, it, and at the end of the day, we need to understand, you know, the, the, the good thing about it is that Red Frogs is there. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the good thing about it. You know, it can be a pretty full-on week for, for young people's lives where they can be making decisions that can affect their lives, you know, for the rest of their lives as well. And we want to pray that the frogs are going to be there at the right moment, at the right time. Uh, there's People are going to get saved. Man, I've, I've met so many people that when they got saved was schoolies week on the Gold Coast. That's when they gave their life to Jesus because a red frogger got to know them, was there making pancakes early in the morning while they were up till 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. You know, it was like incredible, you know, the serving. And, and it's a missions trip. And so we've got, we've got eight to nine of our, our people down there right now serving, doing the late nights. They're going to need to sleep for three days when they get home. But hey, can we pray for them? Can we believe God for it? Lord, I just thank you right now for your blessing, Lord, over our froggers, Lord, as they are down on the Gold Coast. Lord, we just believe, Lord, that schoolies week, they're going to be kept safe. Lord, every single one of those, those teenagers will be held and kept safe over this time. Lord, we believe that there's going to be salvations. There's going to be miracles. Lord, there's going to be great testimonies and praise reports, Lord, throughout this week of all that God has done. See, Lord, I just thank you what the devil has planned. God will turn it for good. He will turn it for good. He will shift it for good. And it will be life-changing, Lord, for each and every one of these teenagers. God, I just pray, God, you move in this week in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. So good. Well, we are continuing in our series uh, called Promises. And uh, I just love what God has been doing in this series. And we've been able to dive into, you know, kind of took a break with our celebration Sunday last Sunday. Who enjoyed that, by the way? How awesome was that? It was incredible. What a great Sunday to celebrate all that God has done this year. Uh, But today I want to talk about the promise of peace. The promise of peace. And I've titled this message, Having Peace in the Promise. Now, when I say that, I mean this is that having peace in the promise means that, you know, sometimes we can think, well, well, you get peace when you get the promise, when it comes through. But how many know peace is at its best while you wait for the promise? 
in the process of the promise, when you need the faith, when you need to keep your emotions together and your soul intact, and you got to keep believing and keep turning up and keep doing what God has called you to do, that is where peace is at its best. And there is peace in the promise. And I love this scripture out of Philippians 4, 6-7. And it says this, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want everyone to say this, supernatural peace. Say it one more time, supernatural peace. See, there is a supernatural peace that we can tap into that goes beyond natural understanding, that goes beyond kind of, you know, the way it looks or the circumstance or the situation or the way we feel on the inside. There can be a supernatural peace. It can intervene. It can come in. It can penetrate our lives and our situations. Why? Because it's from God to us. It's something that He guards our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. So therefore, it comes from God to us. It's external, but we can tap into it via the presence of God. And I love that even in the midst of any pressures and stresses that you may feel. See, how many know there can be family pressures in life? There can be financial pressures in life. Work stress, business stress. Just life, maybe, you know, we've, we've all experienced some stresses and pressures over the past 20 months in the whole globe right now. Like there can be things that have caused people or, or, or have tried to rob the peace that people have through Christ. But I love how Paul begins this, 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 this verse and he says, be anxious for nothing. I mean, be anxious for nothing? Like maybe there's a list of things that you probably could be anxious for, you know, like it's just a couple of things. It's like, you know, be anxious, you know, don't be anxious for these things, but maybe this one, two, three things you can be anxious for, but not Paul. Not Paul. Paul says this, he says, be anxious for nothing. There is such boldness, there is such confidence inside of him that he knows that through Christ, we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to fear anything because we know that God has got this. I mean, Paul comes from an eternal perspective, knowing that Jesus will return. That eternity is assured for those who are saved. And that, hey, it's all going to work out in the end so we can trust in God even now in this moment today, no matter what you're facing. Be anxious for nothing. See, that's an amazing thing to say. It's a very, very different thing to do. It's a very different thing to practice. It's easy to say when you're encouraging someone else in Christ. I mean, when you, when you're, you're someone that's like going through something in their life and it's like, you know what? You know what the Bible says? I'm going to flip out my favorite scripture right now. You know, we're going to bring out the best ones. You bring out the gold, don't you, when you're trying to encourage someone. Like, it's like, it's like you, know, you know what Paul says? He says, be anxious for nothing. You know, and that is awesome when you're the one delivering the good news. You know, but when you're the one sitting there in this problem, in the issue, and your soul is going crazy in that moment, 
Your emotions are everywhere. How can you possibly be anxious for nothing in that moment? In that moment. How do we tap into having peace that is supernatural beyond our understanding? Because everything else we're looking at in the moment, it's like, man, this this is full on. How is God going to move in this situation? But this is the confidence that Paul has. He says we can be anxious for nothing because he starts by listing off ways that we can tap into the presence of God. He says through prayer, through supplication, through thanksgiving, then let your requests be made known to God. Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. See, we, we, we know this is that Paul is actually listing off different ways you can pray. It's actually scriptural as you flow through. I was looking at reading through Peter yesterday. And, you know, I just love how there's so many different ways you can tap into prayer. And when we look at like Thanksgiving prayer, Thanksgiving is one of the best prayers you can pray. It's actually thanking God for all that He has done. All He's done in our past. And we know we've got good history. We might have some history that it's like, Lord, that was a bump in the road, that moment there. But I've got plenty of other things that I can look at and say, Lord, I'm so thankful for where you intervene in my history, for where you have moved. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the resurrection. I'm thankful for you in this moment right now. And how many know you can have thankful prayers for the future, for what God's going to do? God, I thank you that you're going to bring breakthrough in my family. I thank you that the finances are going to break through. I thank you that the business is going to move forward and we're going to break out of this situation. Lord, I am thankful. Thankful prayers are the most powerful prayers we can pray. But we look at this and we see that there's, there's many ways to pray. But, he, but Paul actually lists off, he says, supplication prayer is another way we can pray. And see, supplication is really, it's intercession. It's coming before God. And, and I know that you and I, we've always, all of us at, at some point in our lives or at a few different points in our lives have prayed this prayer. And it goes like this, God, help. We've all prayed the God help prayer. Help me now. Help in this situation. God, I need help. But see, supplication goes beyond just the God help me prayer. It's actually to come humbly and surrender before the God that we trust, that we put our hope in, our life in, and say, God, I know that I'm not bringing this need anywhere else but to You. I'm laying it at the foot of Jesus. I'm bringing this need to You, Lord, because I know in supplication I'm coming with prayerfulness, with humility in this moment, knowing that, Lord, there may not be any other way there can be a miracle, but I know miracles happen with You. And I'm coming with humble surrender, with supplication before You, trusting in You that You have the power to move in this situation. And see, that is the heart that we come to God with. And it makes me think about the great story in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 4 of the Shonamite woman. Now, most, a lot of us will know this story. And even if you don't, please, you know, read 2 Kings. It's amazing. Uh, this is a great passage and story. We never even know this lady's name. She's just this Shonamite woman. Okay? We don't know her name, but man, we can see her faith. We can see her life. 
We could see the choices that she made in her decisions to really honor God with everything that she did. And I love this story because it actually shows how Elisha would come to visit her town from time to time because he's the prophet of Israel. So he was traveling around and he would go to different places and minister. And, uh, and, and, and she would, she, it makes this statement. She said, you know what? This prophet, this man of God, Elisha, that comes from time to time. You know what? He's a good man. He's a good man. And I, I want to, let, let's build. Let's make him an upper room. Let's make him a room on top of the roof. And let's build him a, a, a guest room. So that when he comes around, him and his servant, he can stay at our home. Now, her husband was quite wealthy and he had, he had fields and he was a farmer. And, you know, and she was able to go, okay, let's do this. And her husband agreed, like, okay, well, let's build this upper room. Let's build this room for the man of God to come and stay whenever he comes around. You know, and, and I love the heart of this woman because she just, she didn't want, she didn't want him to just come visit. She, she didn't want a, a visitation. She wanted a staycation. She wanted God's presence around her all the time. You know, sometimes we think, oh, well, I, whenever I'm in need, then I can, then I'll just go run after God and find Him. You know, but this lady was different. She had a different spirit. She said, man, I don't want a visitation. I want a staycation. I want, I want the presence of God in my home. In an Old Testament time, she knew how to tap into the presence of God. And so that she builds this upper room and he comes from many occasions and visits and comes and, you know, stays with her. And, uh, and, and one day he says, you know, we've got to do something great for this lady. She's amazing. She's looked after us so well, feeds us, takes care of us, you know. And, and, he, and, he, and he called her up to the upper room one day and he said, you know what? The Lord's spoken to me. He said, by this time next year, you are going to have a son of your own. Now, the issue is, is that she wasn't able to have any kids up in that to that to that point in her life, and and so she says it. But he, she's like, "Look, don't don't get my hopes up, man of God. You know, don't don't allow this happening. No, it's okay. By this time next year, you're going to have a child. You'll have a son. And sure enough, a year later, she has her son. And uh, what a great miracles! What a great promise that comes to pass for her life. But the story goes on that as the child grows up. And probably in childhood at some age, he goes out to visit daddy in the fields one day. Okay? Goes out to see dad. Dad's working. I'm going with dad. I've got my T-boots on. You know, I'm, I'm going to get out with dad. I'm going to work with dad today. You know? And he goes out in the field. But when he gets out there, something happens and he starts to scream that his head's hurting. And, and, and so dad sends him back to his mother. And, and the mother holds her, her little boy, her promised son, in her arms. And he dies in her arms. He passes in her arms. Now, can you just get this moment right now? Here is a promised son that was, was given by the Word of God. And she is holding her son in her arms and he passes in her arms. Now, as a mother, a mother will understand this right now. A parent understands this, but, the, but a mother's heart for her kids, man. Oh, in this moment, can you imagine the overwhelming grief in this crisis right now? What she's feeling in this moment right now. And, and, and I just love the picture of what she chooses to do in this moment. See, she doesn't let it get her. She doesn't let it overwhelm her. She doesn't run out into the fields and grab her husband and draw him in in this moment. She doesn't do anything else but just stands to her feet and walks that journey up the stairs into the upper room. She goes into the upper room and she lays her son 
on Elisha's bed. She goes back into the place where the promise was given. She goes back to where the Word of God came from. She goes and takes her need and she lays her burden down in the presence of the living God. Before she lets it take her, before she lets that crisis overwhelm her, she takes the need, she takes her burden, she takes her cares and she lays them in the presence of the living God. And there is such a beautiful picture of this because she knows, hey, where the promise was made, that's where the promise can be gained again. I can come back into the presence. I can come back into the place with God again. And I can lay my burdens, my cares in the hands of God. See, this is the power of peace in the promise. This is what Paul is trying to show us in Philippians. He's trying to teach us to know that, hey, you don't need to let a crisis overwhelm you. You don't need to let a moment overwhelm you because you can come with prayer and thanksgiving and and, and supplication and just enter into the presence of God again and lay your burdens at the feet of Jesus. Lay them there at that place with Him before you run out you know, and let it take you, make sure you take the care to Him. How many know those, those, those issues, those problems, those circumstances, they can just well up on the inside and your soul can be having a field day inside of you in those moments. And we've got to be encouraged by this Word today to know that, hey, we can tap into a supernatural peace that is beyond our understanding. That is beyond natural thinking. It is a power to this supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. See, this woman lived in a time before Christ had risen from the dead and the Holy Spirit had been poured out. She lived in a day where she knew how to tap into the presence of God when she didn't even have the Holy Spirit resting on her. She knew how to get to the presence of God. But you and I were blessed. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Those of us who are saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He lives, He's all around us. He's with us everywhere. And see, there's an there's a Old Testament picture of what it looks like to pray in supplication. To pray and come and tap into the presence of God. And I, I just, I want to encourage us today. What does that mean for your life today? What does that mean when you hit those moments and your soul's up and down and, and you're really feeling it and, and you look at this Scripture and it says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication. Now, I want to say this. How do we tap into that place with God? How do we do that? How do you do that in your life? Do you need to get some worship music on in your room at home? Is that what you do? Do you need to go down into the beach and, and that's a, that place there, that one spot that you go to where you can get the presence of God and begin to pray and you pray in the Spirit and you, 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 you get in that place with God where you can tap into the Holy Ghost in that place. See, it may be different for each and every one of us. If we were to go through every person here and online and look at the ways that you tap into the presence of God, it would differ from one person to the next. But that's okay. It's just the fact that you do it. It's just a fact that you do it. And that's what this this lady did. She said, before I let this take me, 
I'm going to take my burdens into the presence of God. I'm going to get to that place where I know there is only one being in this world that needs to know this. And I know he already knows what's going on right now. But I need him to know that I'm believing what he has the power to do. I need him to know that I'm coming in faith and assurance. And, and, and I'm coming and, and tapping into his peace in this moment right now. There is a supernatural peace. And you and I, we can tap into it in our lives. The next thing she does is that she, she leaves her son there in, in, on, in the, on the bed. And she goes back down and begins to gather her things. And she calls to her husband, sends a servant out to her husband to take a few uh, young men with her so she can go and track down Elisha. She can go and find the man of God and bring him back. And, uh, and this is what her husband said to her in this moment. He said, 2 Kings 4.23 says, So he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said these words. She said, it is well. It is well. How many know she's tapping into a supernatural peace right now? It is well. Because she could have drawn him in in that moment. She could have called him in and, and let the emotion take her and let her soul just get uh, just consumed by this crisis and this situation but her response to him was it is well it is well as I love that this 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 woman she allowed herself to just stay in that place of holding on in an assurance that God is not done yet he's not done in this situation yet and, and, and it wasn't because she didn't respect or love her husband. It wasn't because of that. It meant she was holding on by a thread in this moment. Come on, if you're a mom, you get it. You know, she was holding on to a hope that God hasn't said His final word yet. So I'm not going to get in a place right now where I'm going to let anybody else Make a final word in this moment right now until I've done every single thing that I can do to believe that God can do a miracle here. So she says, it is well. It's, you know what it was like? It's okay. It's okay, honey. I just got to step out for a few moments. I'll be back soon. I'll be back. That's how it was. It's okay. It's all right. I'll be back soon. And she goes off to find the man of God. And I, I, just, I just love this picture is that, is that for her, she knew that, hey, what do I need to do to get to the presence of God? See, it is well because I'm going to get myself in a place where I can hear God's Word in this moment. Hey, if there is peace in the promise, I got to tap into God's voice. I got to open up Scripture. I got to allow it to get into my life again and be reminded of what the Word of God says to me in this moment. So she goes out to find the man of God and God keeps it from Elisha. But once he finds out, he's able to then come back. And this reminds me of out of Luke chapter 8. And when the story, when Jesus enters and comes to the village and comes to the community and, 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 and the crowds are all expecting him. Luke 8.40, I love that statement. It's one of my favorite scriptures. You know, they're all expecting Jesus. I mean, how many know miracles are about to go down in that town? Because everyone came out expecting Jesus. There's just something powerful about that statement. 
And see, I love as he comes in this, he comes in, everyone's thronging at him, the crowds are there, and, and Jairus, the head of the synagogue, comes out, and he says, you've got to come. My daughter's sick and dying in her bed. Please come and heal her right now. And, and they're starting to get rushed off, and it's in that moment that the woman with the issue of blood reaches out and touches the hem of his garment that day, and she gets miraculously healed of a 12-year disease in her body. And she's healed. She's okay to slip away. She got a miracle, but Jesus stops the crowd, stops the moment so He can redeem her. He can bring back her dignity again. And this probably takes another 10, 15 minutes, if not half an hour of time. And Jairus is there sweating because his daughter is dying. And it's not because he doesn't care about this lady, but it's in that moment of crisis that that's when the servants come and say, Jairus, don't trouble the teacher anymore. She's already gone. She's already gone. And I love that just as one moment comes to a, a conclusion of healing and miracles, he turns to Jairus and says to Jairus, looks him in the eyes and says, don't be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. Just have faith. See, what Jesus was saying, He was saying, hey, Hey, don't let them call it finished. Let me have my word. Let me have the final say. Let me come into this situation. Let me enter this situation and have my final say into this circumstance now. And so instead of just believing the servants, he chooses to believe Jesus. He chooses to let him come back. And Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. And in the same way, in the Old Testament, Elisha comes into this upper room where this, this, this woman out of her, her deep crisis and need has laid this, her little boy on the, on the bed of the man of God. He comes back and he raises that boy back to life again by the power of God. And there her promise is redeemed again, brought back to her again. See, there is something powerful about staying in the place of just knowing in the midst of the situation, the circumstance, it is well. It is well. Because if God hasn't said it's done, then it ain't done yet. If He hasn't said it's done in your marriage, it ain't done yet. If He hasn't said it's done in your family, it ain't done yet. If He hasn't said it's done in your business, it ain't done yet. If He hasn't said it's done in your finances, it's not done yet because He has the final word. He's got the final word. And when we allow ourselves to come into the presence of God and allow His word to come into our heart, the presence of God to fill us, we can know, Lord, it is well. It is well. See, this lady, she didn't know her boy was going to be raised from the dead. She didn't know how God was going to move. She just made room for God to move. Now, I understand in some situations and circumstances that sometimes miracles don't go the way we thought they should. I get that. I understand that. And it's a mystery to me as much as it is to you. One day when we are in heaven and we stand before God, we're going to get it. We're going to understand it. I don't know why some people get a healing and a miracle and others don't. I don't know. But I do know this, is that God looks to us to believe no matter what. No matter what happens, to hold on that God, I believe that you can. 
I believe that you have the power to do it. And when we position ourselves and not let someone else call a final word on it, or even in our own soul and in ourselves calling a final word on it, let's come before God and let Him have His final word. Let Him say what He needs to say or do what He needs to do in all situations of our lives. See, this is how we can tap into a supernatural peace is there's an assurance. An assurance that no matter what happens, no matter how this ends up, Jesus, you're on the throne. You are here with me. You are here with my life, my family. You're here in this situation and circumstance. And as we keep moving forward, you are going to show your life and glory to the world around us right now. You're going to show who you are. And sometimes I don't know why things take longer than they, than they should. I don't know why sometimes we're holding on, holding on, holding on. But can I encourage you in this? God is doing an amazing, powerful work inside of you as well as doing it through you in the midst of all circumstances. And when we allow Him to do His beautiful work, His incredible work inside of us, that is a picture. It's a, it's, a, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a picture of who He is, of His beauty. And sometimes when you're going through a trial in your own life and you're still turning up to work every day and you've got a smile on your face and everyone around you knows what you're going through and they're like, why are you smiling? What do you have to smile about? But we have so much to smile about. We have so much to have joy about in our spirit when we know that Jesus is in control and that everything works out in the end and that He has got this and He's got the end. He's got the story. He is the one that's writing it out and I'm going to stay with Him. Amen. That's the key. This is the key to tapping into supernatural peace that regardless of how long it takes, regardless of the outcome, that Lord, I surrender my life to You. And I'm going to let You shine through my life no matter what. See, our world around us is in crisis. Our world around us is, doesn't know where to turn next. We're looking for this. We're grappling for that. And I, I know that in the midst of what we face right now, we need to understand that this moment right now is when Jesus needs to shine the most. This moment in history, you and I, we're writing history right now. All of us are. We're all writing history for this moment in time. And one day we're going to look back 10, 15, 20 years from now, and, and we're going to look back and say, man, look at what the Lord has done. Look at what God has done in that season. Look at what He has done. And I want to encourage every one of us in this moment right now. Let's let Jesus shine from our lives. Let's let Him be seen from our lives. Regardless of what's going on right now in your own personal world, let's let Jesus show. Let's let Him show to the world around us. This is when we surrender in that place of the presence of God. That's when we tap into that supernatural peace. It's there. Oh, it's a piece that it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I was only speaking with someone, actually multiple different people this week. And, uh, and just talking to one that leads a, a quite a large organization, just speaking to their lives. And I said, you know what? There is a supernatural piece that you can tap into, that I've, I'm, I'm tapping into that we can all tap into. 
And he said, yeah, you know what? You know what? I've known that all this year. All this year, I've known something that's hard to explain that just lives inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And you and I, we can tap into that. We can tap into that day after day after day. No matter what happens in our lives, we can know what it is to walk in the supernatural presence of God every single day. Let's let God be the one that says the final word on any situation. Let's let's let Him be the King of kings and Lord of lords in all of our circumstances and all of our situations. Amen. 